Welcome to Wealth Alchemy Lab, where we show you how spirituality, money, and pleasure not only can go together, but that they must. Activate your soul-driven path to your most fulfilling life possible through riveting interviews from our archives and wisdom from your host, ex-lawyer turned unconventional business strategist and spiritual catalyst, Kavita Aurora. This is an interview that was repurposed from an event in 2016 called Speak Up From Your Heart. Some of the links that are mentioned may not be available, but there will be a link to each person's website in the show notes, so you can find them if you wish. Enjoy the interview. Welcome. Welcome to another session of Speak Up From Your Heart Video Jam. And I am Kavita Lila Aurora. I'm your host for this amazing event where we're having courageous conversations that really open you up to the to your hidden voice, that hidden voice that is actually your access point to true prosperity in your life, in your love, and in your work. And I have with me today Tanya Lynn. And Tanya Lynn and I, we've known each other for many years now. Um, I kind of, for me, actually, I mean, I know, Tanya, you've been in business longer than I have, but I feel like I kind of like, when I was first entering the industry, I saw one of Tanya's telesummits and was so impressed with her video, and I showed it to my husband. You probably don't even know this. I showed it to, <laughs> to my husband, and I was like, how can I do a video like that? And I'm like, she's got a little mic here, and I don't have any of that stuff. And I remember <laughs> admiring you so much and looking up to like what you had created. It was, um, and I, uh, and then I got to know you, and we become friends. And one of the things that I love about Tanya is that, like, you're just you're on this path of you're continue you're continuously evolving yourself, growing yourself, evolving your vision and staying true to yourself and there's a spiritual depth that you bring and then there's connection and sisterhood. I mean, now you've got sistership circle and it's um there's there's so much involved like the inner work that women need to do but also doing it in circle and with that kind of support and love and I just uh I had to invite you here to be on this event <laughs> and thank you. Yeah. Thank you for being here. And then I want to read you her bio too. So you know a little bit more about, about who she is in a more formal way. So Tanya is the visionary bringing the sistership, sistership circle mission to life. It has been facilitating coaching and leading groups of people since 2006. I didn't know that. So yes, you've definitely been doing this longer than me. She co-founded tribal truth in 2010 and created women's communities all over the world, including California, New York, London, and India. And she wrote the books, Open Your Heart, you can see how it ties to this event, How to Be a New Generation Femin Feminine Leader, and How to Lead Circle. And she recently started raising her own little new generation feminine leader, Kali, and is married to her business partner, 
Brent, and I love that you chose to name your your baby daughter Kali. That's so amazing. <laughs> <laughs> welcome, welcome. That's a good story. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that is a good story. I haven't heard that story actually. Yeah. Uh, maybe for an, another time, unless you want to tell it today. But I'm I'm so delighted that you are here to to share your wisdom with us. And I know you get invited to a lot of events. And what is it that had you? say yes to to this one well i know that what you do is going to definitely have integrity and you're gonna you know just create an amazing amazing container so that was the first thing because i have had a lot of opportunities for different telesummits lately and i've been saying no to a lot just due to my time as a as a mompreneur um but this this is me. I mean, speaking the truth, having courageous conversations, that is how I live my life. And I am always striving to be an example of that, of being vulnerable and truth telling. So it, it just felt like the, the perfect fit. So I am really, really excited to be here and to talk about what's new and alive in this realm. So this is really exciting. Awesome. I'm excited too. <laughs> I can't wait to dive in with you more deeply. And so as we as we get started, you know what um what I'd love to do is to have you begin to share about courageous conversations you had with yourself in your personal life, in your work, with God, <laughs> whatever it might be. Um that that is feeling true and raw and real. Mm. Well, I feel like I would be leaving everyone hanging if I didn't tell the story of how I how I named my little girl <laughs> Kali after the goddess. Um, we call her Callie, but it, it, we go by both. Um, and it, it, it ties in really well with this because it was really a, a courageous conversation of am I am I willing to receive that energy? And um, Kali has been my my primary goddess since I was introduced to goddesses back in 2007. And I've have, I have this goddess card that a friend gave to me that's been on my altar since then. And um, so it's just that energy has always been with me. It, it, the, the rebirth, the, um, the fierceness, and the mother. And um, so we were at a party and someone said to, we were telling people some of the ideas we had for names. And Frank says to me, oh, Tanya, what do you think of Callie? I'm like, oh, I like that. And he's like, yeah, spelled K-A-L-I. And I was like, er, what? And I'm like, you know who that is, right? And he's like, no. I'm like, that's the goddess of death and destruction. Are you sure you want to name your daughter that? And he's like, ooh, I kind of like it. Yeah. <laughs> and so um, I was very taken aback. And it really, I mean, it, it vibrated my whole body of like, whoa, you know, just that him bringing that to me, Kali being my goddess. And, and so I was like, okay, I have to meditate on this. And he went and did all his research. And, you know, he's, he's very, he's very analytical. And he comes back to me. He's like, I've done the research, you know, Kali spelled with a K and I'm in, are you? And so I took it to Vipassana. I do 10 day silent meditations called Vipassana every year. And I, um, I was pregnant I was about 34 weeks at the very last final edge of when you can actually do Vipassana for 10 days when you're pregnant. 
very, very uncomfortable, but perfect prep for my birth. And I, and I sat with myself and I, and I called that in and I was a yes, but it was like having that courageous conversation with myself of, can I open myself up to receive that energy? And is this even, is, am I naming her this or is she naming herself this? And just being open to that. And, um, yeah, and she's, she's definitely a fierce little goddess who knows exactly what she wants. (laughs) So yeah, so that's that conversation. I love it. That is such a great story. And I love that you tuned in to, you know, how she, uh, did she want to be named Kali? And and I love that you're married to a man who like wanted his daughter to carry that powerful energy. That is so amazing and awesome. And uh, it's it's courageous in, in and of itself to just name your daughter that. Yeah. yeah. I think so. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah. yeah. And it was funny because he actually had a conversation with, uh, one of the guys who works for him from India and he's like, oh, Whoa, that's a strong name. <laughs> you know? And, um, yeah, so it was definitely courageous of us to call in this energy. Um, yeah. yeah. And so I would love to transition to the most recent courageous conversation that I've had. Um, that is still very much, I feel like I'm over the hump of it, but it's still very much in process. And for me, that's what, you know, that's what it's all about. It's about being vulnerable and sharing when you're in the process and not waiting until you have it all perfectly packaged to then deliver it. And so I guess I have this opportunity to to demonstrate that. Um, so one of, so back in January, I had a miscarriage. And, um, it was, it was pretty traumatic, really difficult. And one of my best girlfriends came to me and she said, you know, uh, I just want to be able to support you. And I wish I could just hold your business for you. I wish I could hold sistership circle for you while you go through your healing. And so we began to have a conversation about partnering together and to come together. Uh, she had been leading women's circle since she was 16 And we both really felt like we had the exact same mission. And when she saw my website, um, because even though we were friends, she hadn't really had looked at what specifically I was doing with Sistership Circle. She was like, oh my God, this was my vision. This is the vision I've had for years. And so we started to come together and partner. And um, it was just the last couple weeks that we decided to go separate ways. And Throughout this whole process of exploring partnership, it was courageous conversation after courageous conversation that we would both have to have. The conversations about, you know, equity and and, um, ownership and money and revenue and then um, conversations about what do we both need and creating safety for one another. And I would say um, all of them. It was just so many conversations that you don't really want to have, which I noticed is one reason why partnership, coming together in a, part, in a business partnership can be so difficult, is 
you have to talk about money. You have to put together contracts. You have to think about what if we split? And we had to go through that whole process. And, um, yeah. And it's like, you know, when we were, we were really, truly like really good friends and the whole time it's like, how do we have these conversations in a way that's honoring of the friendship? And what I, my biggest edge is sometimes I feel afraid to speak the truth to my closest friends in fear of losing them. And that was what really would come up is my fear of I'm going to lose this person. I'm going to lose this person and having to lean into that and her holding the space many times for me to just fall apart in her arms um, where I was feeling all of my trust issues come up. So it was like we were there for each other as we were both working through whatever we were working through. Um, yeah, it was, it's just been, it's been quite, quite a learning lesson. Let's just put it that. Um, and we're still in the unraveling process because we're still leading a circle together and we're leading a program together online. And so, um, so yeah, I'll just stop there for a minute if you have a question or, or a comment and, um, and then we can go into it deeper. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing something that's so fresh and that's so raw and real for you. Um, and I can always count on you to bring that. So it's awesome. And because uh, some people might wait and say, okay, I can't talk about that for another couple months. And, and so I, I really appreciate you bringing this now. And what I'm wondering, and honestly, if I ask something that isn't appropriate to go into right now, you know, obviously say no, as <laughs> I know yeah. you will, but I'm curious, like, how do you, um, like, you decided to partner and then it didn't work out. Like, how, how did you know that it wasn't right? Or like, and it sounds like you're parting amicably and you're still working together. And I, it just, um, cause so many of us do try and partner and, you know, and I love how you brought up like, and you have to talk about money stuff and contracts and, and honestly, like even in a relationship, an intimate relationship with your, you know, your, your love relationship, not necessarily contracts per se, but you need to talk about money and you need to talk about like how things are going to work and respecting the other person's needs. So you're really bringing up things that I think are relevant to, um, intimate relationships, um, as well as like intimate friendships, because, mm. you know, when you're, when you're running a business that's from your heart and soul, like you do, and, um, it's about sisterhood, then it's not just a business relationship. Like there's so uh -oh. much, and as you said, it started as a friendship. So uh, whatever your, it feels okay to you to share around, you know, some more of what happened. I think there's so much learning inside of that for all of us. Yeah. Well, it's, it's not, a. it was never an easy situation to begin with. And, you know, what would have been perhaps easier is two people coming in, starting a business together. But this has been a pre-existing business for five years, um, bringing in someone else. So how do we, how do we honor the um, what's already been done? And so what does that look like to create an equal playing field, um, to have her be co-visionary? Because um, really what we were both clear on is, 
you know, she, she's a visionary and so am I. And does the organization actually need two visionaries? You know, getting clear on that piece. The other piece was, is that we have a third party as well. Brent and I are actually um, co-founders in it. I mean, he, Sistership Circle, the foundation and the structure has been built by him. He's created the, um, he does a lot of the operations and he's the CFO, he's the CTO, like he's doing a lot of that masculine um, structural work, which is amazing. So it's like you got three people in this. So it's like we always knew that there were all these difficult things. And um, and then there's the, the, the other piece around being two co-visionaries or visionaries is that we're both queens. And can two queens exist in the same queendom and make sure that both of their needs are getting met? And so... Um, you know, at the end of the day, it was, um, it just made more sense for us to each have our own queendom and then to collaborate from that space. And this was hard because we really, really, truly wanted this to work, but what was actually going to best serve us and best serve community. And, um, so yeah, it was just, it was, it was difficult because it was like, we were trying to make it work and, um, and yeah, it's just, <laughs> I, I don't know what else to say about it other than um, it, one of the pieces that we, we wanted to prove a point that two queens could come under the same roof and that two leaders could co-lead an organization. Um, and so what I feel was what came up for me is I failed I failed in delivering that promise of like, this is what sistership circle is all about. Like, and I would, and it was almost like this ideal, um, that logistically we just couldn't figure out in a way that really truly made sense for everyone. So that's the biggest thing that I've been the courageous conversation that I needed to have with myself is no, Tanya, neither one of you are failures you're doing the best you can and you're still serving the goddess. Like this is about, we are in service to the goddess, the divine feminine. And were we just trying to force something based on an ideal? Um, but it was like, I had, I just had, I was so attached to that ideal of like two powerful women co-leading the circle together. And, um, and so I just, I really had to get straight with myself that no, I'm not a failure. And it doesn't mean, it really doesn't mean anything about creating sisterhood and partnership on the planet. Hmm. Gosh, I, I really um, love the way you explained what didn't work and then how you navigated that within yourself. Because um, it, when it, it, just even the questions, like, do you really need two visionaries? Can two queens come together? You know, it's um, because queens usually want their own queendom. They usually want to, like, you know, run things their way. And, and it is hard to bring someone into something existing because then there's the idea of, well, 
you created it then you brought brent in a while back and you know and then also brent is your life partner so it's a little different and then mm -hmm. it, it just is uh quite complex to navigate that and then decide you know well what would this new person receive and would that be okay with her or not and um and even just like the needs and wants of a queen <laughs> and can both of them because because brent isn't a queen he's a king you know and like so it's just uh it's it's different and so it's um and it sounds like you've created an amicable parting where it was just clear that that those pieces weren't meant to work out and you're honoring like how she wanted to support you through this time and now she can go create her her own thing and so it's really a beautiful modeling the way you've navigated this and then the questions you've raised I think they're great questions for people to consider before they're going into partnership because I know earlier in my business I was going to go into partnership with uh with someone and uh, my business was on a firmer ground than her business and even then and, and it was only I'd only launched a year before that but it was kind of like a can I can't like I, I didn't even feel like I could guarantee her a certain amount of revenue that could sustain both of us because it was too new and I didn't even know what I could de definitely project for years out and so it was um you know and it was that that same kind of issue of two visionaries and two queens and so I really resonate with with what you're sharing and uh thank you for for sharing it yeah and um there's a couple different pieces um the it's interesting because we're co-leading an archetype circle and we were in the queen energy um as we were going through all of this so it was very much alive that that archetype of the queen and um, yeah, it's just, it's, well, what the new story is, is we don't have to go to war now as two queens in our separate queendoms. We can still, so that whole idea of I failed this, this ideal, this, um, this vision of two women coming together and leading this, this mission together, um, we're both still in service of that vision and that mission in our own way. And now we don't have to actually be in competition. So it's almost like, whoa, actually, are we now demonstrating it in a, an even better way by showing how we can still collaborate and not compete because we have the exact same vision and are going to be doing something so similarly but what was so beautiful out of this whole thing is I got so clear on what it is specifically that's my unique offering. I am truth. My circles are all about learning how to express your truth. They're, they're mainly sharing circles about learning how to be vulnerable and authentic when you share. She is the embodiment of love. So it's like I'm truth and she's love. And she has a completely different way that she runs her circles and it's beautiful. And not to say that we couldn't both do that together, but it's like, Oh, I totally see how I can refer women over to her who need her medicine. Mm -hmm. And that's like, that was the piece that it came through in the last couple of days. That's really helped us 
move on amicably and be able to maintain our friendship and if, if anything, make it even stronger um, because we can really see each other's genius and really celebrate and, um, and receive each other's medicine as well as give that away. So that's what I love um, is how we leaned in. We had all these courageous conversations. We continued to have them even when we were triggered. And because we kept leaning into love, we were able to come to this place of complete empowerment and no resentment. And literally, I mean, those were some of the conversations that we had just yesterday was, what is anything left unsaid that would have me be resentful and sharing that? And it was just super powerful. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's really amazing. And it's, um, and it's like, there are a couple of things that I want to like call out and what you, what you said. And it's, um, part of it is that there's so much that, that when, when things go awry in a partnership like this, there's so much mess that can happen because of the things that you're not saying to the other person. And it sounds like you were both devoted to the other person getting to fully express whatever it was that they needed to say. And that there was a listening that you both held for each other, where there was a lot of love and a lot of empathy and a lot of understanding. And that even I'm, I'm interpreting here and I'm guessing, but I'm guessing that even if you felt triggered, you were able to hold whatever it was that triggered you and still just continue to listen to the other person. And then when it came time for you to express, then you could express whatever it was. And so it sounds like there's this wonderful dance between the two of you that occurred that allowed for the dissipation of any of the, any negative Negative energy that may have come in. So that's one piece that I think is just gorgeous modeling of how to have a courageous conversation that's difficult and can be touchy and can often end in in a lot of resentment and anger and people not talking to each other again. And so I just uh, really admire the, the the modeling that you are offering and sharing here. Mm. Yeah. So that's, Thank you. Yeah. You're oh, I had another piece, but if you have another piece oh, first, go ahead. Okay. So the other piece that I heard you say, and I think this is so important for us to tune into, is that you two are going to be doing, or are already wanting to do things that are very similar, or even some people could say it's the same, but it's never the same. So this is one thing that I just want anyone listening to tune into. There may be lots of people in the world <coughs> who are doing something similar to what you're doing. But what you called out, Tanya, just now was like this, um, the unique energy that you are bringing and that she is bringing and you're bringing truth and she's bringing love and different people are going to be attracted and need your medicine. And that is true for all of you listening. Like it doesn't matter if, you know, hundreds of other people or thousands of other people have done what it is that you feel is your calling. Go, if it's your calling, go do it and bring your unique medicine. So I just felt that was just such an important thing to say. Some, some people, you might say to yourself, and I've said this to myself, I know lots of my friends have said this to themselves, oh, well, there are so many other people doing that. What can I bring that isn't already out there? But you bring something unique, and I love the way that you, that you shared that. And there isn't that energy of competition and comparison and you know, um, it sucks that she's doing the same thing. It's just Ugh. beautiful, you know? 
which actually was my initial reaction. So I just have to call it out. And I think this is probably like the biggest nugget of the call today because this is, this is the piece of like one of the deepest pieces around the sisterhood wound is this competition. And, um, that was exactly what came up for me is we are both co-leading a program right now and we were going to offer for the women to continue a sistership circle. And now it's like, we've got two offers on the table. Who do you want to follow? You know, do you want to go do her program or do you want to stick with sistership circle? And my immediate reaction, like full on contracted, like, Oh my God, like I can't, no, you know, and it was just this, oh my God, we're in competition. We can't do the split. And it was like, well, let's just make this work so that we're not in competition. And I was totally in that fear-based scarcity mentality. And, um, I mean, I was in it like, and she, and she was just like, they're going to resonate with who they resonate with. There is no competition. Right. And I was like, I know that I know that like, there's no competition. Um, but I was feeling that reaction in my body. And so it was like, I had to tune in to that medicine that I offer and that she offers. And that was really what helped me. It was like, I had to take my own medicine and be like, Oh, that's the unique difference. And it created this clarity for me. So then what I knew in my head is there's no competition. I was able to feel And then just offer it up of, can I just trust the universe? Can I trust the goddess that all of my needs are going to get met, that I don't need to hoard. I don't need to have any attachment. Um, If none of these women continue a sistership circle, there's nothing wrong. And if anything, they're still get, they're still in the, um, my, my vision is still being fulfilled. Even if they go with her, because it's all in service of the goddess. It's all in service of sisterhood in the divine feminine. And so can I just let go of any and all attachment and just trust that the universe has both of our backs and that all of our needs are provided for. And so it was like that first layer of, okay, what's my medicine? Can I receive that? Okay. Now the deeper layer is, can I trust in the highest plan? That's the divine plan. And then I was really able to completely transform that. And I would say now I have absolutely no feeling of competition in my body whatsoever. Hmm. Wow, that's that's such an amazing transformation. Thank you for sharing the shadow side and the fact that you did feel those ways because it's very natural to feel those ways. And a lot of people try and only show the other side, like when Mm. they made it through that part, which is another thing that I love about you. But of course you would do that because you named your daughter Kali, you know? (laughs) (laughs) like someone who who has the courage to do that knows how to I mean you you really know how to how to own the the other parts and it is um it's so important to do that to acknowledge those feelings to work through those feelings to not push them aside because there's some spiritual ideal of like or an ideal of sisterhood or some ideal that we're holding ourselves to like I shouldn't feel these ways because it's not spiritual or it's not being a good sister and then pretending they're not there which I see a lot of people do but then you can feel it in their energy like if you hadn't actually acknowledged those feelings and worked through them even in the way you're sharing today they would be coming through 
and yeah. you know, not everyone would necessarily pick up on them, but some people would. And but mm. you, I can actually feel that your energy is clean and clear, and that you really truly have worked through those pieces. So again, that's really great modeling because we just, um, you know, it can be so easy to just suppress those parts and dismiss them and deny them because they're not who we want to be, or we think it's bad to be that way. And it's just human, you know, when these things come up for us. Yeah. yeah. We have to shine light on the shadow. And I mean, if, I allowed myself to fully feel the anger, the frustration, the resentment, the, the competition, the scarcity. I mean, I was in it and I just allowed myself. And cause I noticed how I wanted to distract myself from it as I was in it. And I wanted to go create, like, that's my go-to is like, okay, well I'll just go create an event or I'll go, you know, do something to create something in my business to avoid the feeling in my body and I kept having to be conscious of that and stopping myself and just allowing myself to be in whatever I was in and communicate it, you know? And so it was like, we were communicating as I was triggered and it sucked, but, um, <laughs> cause I felt like a monster, but what I, in the end, um, she's still my friend. And that says something about how incredible of a woman she is and how she's so powerful. Um, and, you know, it's like she was able to receive me in my, in my ugliness, in my shadow. And I have a lot of gratitude for that because that, by me looking in her eyes, I was able to then find the truth of who I am and get underneath and, um, and yeah, and shed light on that shadow. Yeah. So, yeah. That's that's really amazing that and you said she embodies love. So that makes a yes. lot of sense actually that she would be able to love you even in your darker moments and hold that with you and for you and 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 that's such an important piece too is to like have relationships where you can show that part and still be loved and then still love yourself inside in, in that that part of you and knowing because we too often reject those parts so it was both of you loving those parts of you not just her and accepting them and allowing those energies to to move through and it says a lot for both of you that you're you're able to move through that those pieces and still remain such good friends and you know, and, and I just love that both of you have expressed whatever was left to be expressed. I mean, we don't empty ourselves that way often enough. And it's in order to have that clean and clear and beautiful relationship that's what's required. And instead, we hold it in. So, yeah. And the other piece that I heard in what you said is like, you didn't wait until you had it perfect and processed. You uh, trusted the space that she was holding and you trusted yourself and you shared. Um, so this is another piece that I think is so important is, you know, we say like the ideal of course is to speak up from your heart, but notice like the name is speak up. 
you know, like it just, so if you don't know how to speak up from your heart yet, just speak up so that, and then like you did, like you were able to then later drop into your heart, drop into your, you know, whatever other parts of yourself you might drop into to, to, to really connect with her and connect with yourself and come from a deeper place than the, you know, or a more loving place than the shadow, but that it was important to just say whatever was there first and and it's amazing that she could hold that container with you. In some situations, it might be important to go do that with someone else and then go back to the person. So the fact that she could hold that with you is um, quite a testament to her. Yeah, and just to share a little bit more of, I mean, she's like Mother Teresa, I swear to God. Um, <laughs> because my biggest fear um, in speaking up is that it's going to come out really, really ugly. And my monster is going to come out. My um, Kali is my Kali energy is literally going to chop off heads. Um, and so I have a lot of fear of my anger and rage that has nothing to do with anyone in my environment that I know is like, I have some very, very deep rage and anger um, that probably goes back much further than this lifetime that I'm constantly working on. I don't know how much work I've done on my anger and rage and it's still there. And my, my biggest fear is that I'm going to direct that at someone and that you're going to leave me and that fear of abandonment of I'm going to say the wrong thing. I'm going to blow up on you and I'm going to push you away. And, um, and that came up. You know, I mean, it was like how I delivered some of the things, my triggers was not pretty at all. And that's why I say she's like Mother Teresa and just a complete saint um, because she she did hold that space. And um, I give her a lot of credit, a lot of credit for that because, yeah, I was definitely not the prettiest. Um, and I think that's an important piece. And that piece around not everyone can handle that, Right. It is true that not everyone can handle that communication. Um, and so it might be best to, to go and have that conversation with someone else first. But I'm, I'm clear that this was part of my process. Like this was part of my healing was for all these places where I feel like I'm not going to be loved and accepted for all my ugly. I got to see that, no, I'm, I still am loved and I still am accepted. And I still need to work on those things and stop, you know, raging at people. But, um, but yeah, the, because what would happen too is if I came from a place of anger in my communication, I was then able to go in the layer underneath, which is the grief and the sadness and be vulnerable. And that's when she would reflect, you know, those are the times when she loves me the most is yeah, that was difficult energy to deal with. But then me softening afterwards, um, she can see that, oh, this is just Tanya's little girl, like super, super wounded. This has nothing to do with me. Mm. Yeah. Wow. That's really amazing for, uh, for both of you. And, you know, and I, I identify with the the energy, uh, having the energy of c cutting people's heads off, because I um, used to do that a lot, and I still do it sometimes, and I have to really <clears throat> work with myself inside that place, because 
there's a ferocity that you bring and there's a ferocity that I can bring. And, um, and it's, it's really powerful if it, if you bring that ferocity from a place of being still connected to love, to your heart, to the other person, to the impact you're having, because then you can really share that truth with love. And sometimes it's exactly the medicine that's needed. But in the moments when you're triggered and things have happened that are understandably upsetting, it, uh, it's it's tough to come from that place. Sometimes, the, 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 like I was saying before, like that that toxic stuff just needs to come out first before you can you can connect more deeply. And it really is a testament to her that she could be that container for you because in a lot of situations you're going to need to do that with someone else, not the person towards whom you're feeling that because most people can't handle it. So I just want to point that out too is <clears throat> that you know sometimes it's just good to call a fr another friend or your partner and just vent and let out whatever you need to let out and then see how you can communicate with the other person in a different way. Cause, um, it just sounds like the two of you have an amazing relationship. Yeah. 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 Well, I really appreciate so you, you bringing this. So, um, you know, bringing all of this, like sharing all these pieces of you too that aren't the easiest to talk about or the easiest to own, and and, and yeah. owning them. And, and this is a courageous conversation, conversation in and of itself. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> in the back of my mind, this whole time I'm like, oh shit, should I be sharing this? Oh shit, you know, like I'm I'm really um, noticing how I'm almost having this vulnerability hangover as I'm sharing on this call of like. Oh goodness, you know, like, ah, this, am I really putting this all out there? And, um, and I, I love calling it a vulnerability hangover because it's literally how we feel. It's like that almost, uh, oh God, you know, doubting, doubting that you, that you did the right thing. Um, did I have too many drinks? You know, that type of thing. Um, yeah. so I'm, I'm feeling that in this moment for sure. Yeah, well, well, that's great. That's perfect. And it's, um, it's, uh, thank you for for sharing at that level and sharing from your edge. Because I know that there are women out there, people out there who are listening to this, who identify with what you've shared. And I'm sure it's super healing to hear that other people go through that too, or the, the struggles that can occur with the parts of ourselves that because there, there are women out there who are fierce and who don't know how to, how to handle their, their ferocity. So, um, and even for me, just hearing from you, it's, it's healing to know that there are other people in this, in this community and that you're, you're a leader and you also feel these ways and have these intense emotions. So thank you for bringing it, sister. You're welcome. Yeah. Always. <laughs> yeah. So as we sort of summarize and, you know, uh, close things up here, I I'd love to hear if you have any highlights or takeaways from this conversation today that you want to share with our listeners that they can, uh, you know, maybe implement or work with inside their lives. Um, anything that, you know, just that, that, that evolved from the conversation we wove together. Yeah, so, you know, I want to reiterate that competition piece of where we feel in competition with others and, and the process really of allowing yourself to feel that. Um, 
identifying where that's, you know, what it is exactly that you're feeling competitive about and where is that coming from. Um, and then to really see like, well, what is it that's unique about your offering as your second step? And then your third is to put your trust in the divine plan, which is not your plan necessarily. You can align yourself with the divine plan, but, um, you know, just trusting that the universe is providing for everyone's needs at every given moment. And you just have to tap into that. Um, so that's one highlight that I feel is really potent from this call. Um, and I love that piece around that you said, you know, just speak up and whatever, when we speak up, when we speak the truth and we're vulnerable, um, and vulnerability doesn't have to be that you're crying. It could be very vulnerable to express anger or frustration. Um, any of those lower vibration emotions, <laughs> um, there's medicine in being able to express that by you delivering that you are healing yourself, freeing your voice. Um, but also it's like, however that's being received is medicine for you. So there's something there about speaking up despite it being perfect. And, um, and so I really encourage everyone to practice that. It truly is a practice because we've been conditioned to keep ourselves silent and uh, there's a there's a memory coming up for me right now of um, how traumatized I actually was and how unsafe it was for me to speak my truth, to speak up. Um, and this might actually resonate for a lot of people right now. You might have been slapped. You might have been hit in some way. And so there's an actual physical anchor of trauma that it feels very unsafe to be able to, when you speak up. And so from all those traumas that you had, by actually speaking up, you're starting to heal that process, but you might be triggering that trauma feeling again. This was for me. But the more that I did that, the more it's like I broke the ice apart. It was like the trauma became ice in my body and I was able to like, pick it apart to move through it. Um, and so really it truly is that we just have to keep practicing to get better at speaking up. That's pretty much what it's come down to for myself. Beautiful. I'll stop there for a second. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. That was, those are great takeaways for everyone. So I appreciate that. Um, mm. Calling them out that, that summary. And I know you also have a beautiful free gift for us and y'all who are listening. It's, um, you can find the link right below this video, but tell us about the, the free gift. Yeah, so I facilitate um, circles, women's circles, and I also train women how to lead circles. And so I wrote this book to empower women of how to lead circle and how to facilitate um, and it applies actually not just to leading circles, but to leading any type of groups. And even a lot of these things are great, even if you don't have any desire to lead a group. 
because I'm going over different distinctions around holding space and um, balancing masculine structure with feminine flow. But if you're a coach or a healer or um, a yoga instructor, I mean, if you're doing any type of group work, this is this book. I've I've really put a lot of um, all of my experience has gone into this book of how I'm able to hold space. And if you're wanting to be able to hold that space for people to go deep and for conversations to be more meaningful, like we're having right here, that's also what I go into. So it ties in really well with this, um, this conversation today around vulnerability and truth telling and, um, and listening. There's a whole chapter on listening. Um, so yeah, I highly recommend it for anyone who is leading groups or if, even if you are thinking about leading women's circles, it's not necessarily just for women's circles. And so you can find that at sistershipcircle.com slash ebook. And the link is below the video. Okay. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that amazing gift. I think um, there's, there's so much that I've received from being parts of, a part of women's circles and so much healing and I think it's amazing the work that you do in facilitating circles and supporting women and facilitating their own circles so thank you for sharing this great mm -hmm. gift yeah yeah and thank you so much for being with us today and being so real and raw and vulnerable and really sharing from your edge and even at <laughs> you know having a vulnerability hangover to recover from I uh, really appreciate that. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Thank you. I'm going to go do some self-care after this call for sure and allow all this that got activated to integrate. I think that's important. So I've got a little bit of time while my baby is napping. So I get to just kind of be in the energy of this call. So thank you for, thank you for holding the space and allowing me this opportunity to speak my truth. You're welcome. It was my total pleasure and joy to to be with you today. And thank you, everyone, for, for listening. And bye for now. Bye. This is an interview that was repurposed from an event in 2016 called Speak Up From Your Heart. Some of the links that are mentioned may not be available, but there will be a link to each person's website in the show notes so you can find them if you wish. Enjoy the interview.